Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk, a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. I'm Blair Beavers, and here's your host, Leanne Sims. Jordan Phillips with Ghost Rider Public House. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. You are currently sitting at Ghost Rider doing this podcast. We have you via Zoom, but you are actually closed right now, correct? Correct. Yeah, we are. We will be reopening uh, January 19th. So it'll be Wednesday, January 19th for uh, dinner service starting at 4 p.m. So we're really excited to uh, to get back to it um, after this this Christmas season and the holidays and and everything else going on in the world. Uh, we took a nice, well, well, well needed break. Uh, so get everyone back up to uh, uh, working status, get everyone, get the morale back up a little bit, let everyone enjoy some time with the family and then we'll get right back to it. Yeah, I've I've heard that your owners are really uh, wonderful, thoughtful people. So um, clearly they are um, yeah. letting us take that much time off. That's that's pretty amazing. So you are in Johnstown, Ohio, um, which for our listeners who don't know where that is, that is a very very rural area. Um, it's a little village about a half hour. 40 minutes from Columbus downtown. Yeah. And and you are a, a very fancy but welcoming bar restaurant. What's it like doing craft cocktails in a place like Johnstown? Um, it is a little strange. I'm not going to lie. Uh, we are, we're about 35 miles northeast of Columbus proper, um, Licking County, Johnstown, Ohio. We have about 5,000 people uh, that live in, uh, for, for what, all of my growing up, I always knew Johnstown as a village. Uh, so when I see that it's called a city now, I get, I get very surprised, but, uh, it's, it's very interesting. Um, this, this location that, uh, Ghost Rider now sits in used to be the Johnstown laundromat and dry cleaner. Um, and I have done my clothes here in this building before. So, uh, so you're Johnstown little- born and raised. Uh, not born and raised. My mother was, um, I was, I was a military kid. So I grew up in, uh, in Virginia on the coast. Uh, but, uh, father retired from the coast guard and we moved back, uh, right about when I was 11 or 12. So Johnstown has always been, uh, a, a very big part of my life, um, which, uh, I find immense, uh, satisfaction in coming back, uh, years later in my career and, and, uh, working here at Ghostwriter now, but it is a little strange being, um, removed from Columbus proper, uh, being a little far away from anyone else that kind of does craft cocktails, unless you're driving towards, uh, you know, New Albany, uh, or you're, uh, going out to, uh, to Granville, um, to, to maybe grab a, uh, grab a beer and a shot and a cocktail. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, it's very cool. Uh, I will say it's, it's very satisfying to come, uh, to my hometown and, uh, be in this really small town, and have people be incredibly receptive and very inquisitive. That's been the, my favorite thing so far of, of uh, working here is we have so many people, uh, whether they're local to Johnstown in the Licking County area or all around 270. We have a ton of people that come all around the city to come see us and to come see what we're doing. Um, and it's, it's really neat. It's really neat being able to, uh, to show people and have the conversation with people um, every single night. Every single night we have questions that uh, after being for so many, being in the industry for so long, you kind of forget 
uh, that some people uh, aren't super hip or privy to like all the aspects of, of craft cocktail and what it really means to, to dive into every ingredient of something. So it's, it's really gratifying uh, to, to be working here and to be having people every single day uh, be asking questions, be real inquisitive and to try new things. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. Very cool. That's and awesome. How long have you been a bartender? Uh, this will be seven years as of, as of 2022, seven years. Um, I started in Granville, in Granville, Ohio, uh, at a really tiny mom and pop bar called Taco Dan's. Uh, and then I moved over to the Buxton, uh, which is a historic, uh, hotel and inn, uh, that has been in operation since like the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, kind of made my way a little around the country. Um, I have a background in theatrical performance and, and theater. And, uh, so I, lived in Arizona for a little while. I, uh, worked and bartended in Alaska for a period of time. And, uh, for the past couple of years, I was living in Pittsburgh. Uh, and I was, that's where I really cut my teeth into craft cocktails, uh, is in Pittsburgh. Um, so I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited to, to be here in Johnstown, you know, my kind of where my family is, is all from and to, to bring all the things that I've learned here. Do you use your skill, your uh, thespian skills behind the bar? Thousand percent, yeah. Uh, every every everything about uh, bartending has a has an aspect of uh, hospitality, obviously, but also showmanship. Um, you're there's no place to hide behind the bar, and uh, more often than not, you know the bartender uh, carries a lot of hats. Whether that's just your bartender or your therapist or, you know, your, uh, your, uh, uh, your number holder, or, uh, you know, just someone that you need to sit down for with 15 minutes and kind of just catch up on your day. Um, that's, that's been one of my favorite things is, is coming home is the variety of regulars that we have and people that will come in and, uh, they drink the same thing every single time, but the conversation is different every single time. And that's, that's kind of life. And that's a big part of, um, my, my love for bartending now is my, my background in, in theater is uh, I love the connection of being on stage with an audience and, and telling a story and sharing something that you're so passionate about and being a bartender, you get to do that every day. And uh, instead of it being on a script, you get to uh, be a part of the narrative with whoever's sitting in front of you, uh, whether or not it's, you know, someone's anniversary or a birthday or someone's, you know, worst day of the month, worst day of the year, and they need to sit down and have a drink and some, a bite to eat and, you get to be the one to facilitate that and you get to, to share not only in like uh, what they're excited about, but what also, you know, what might be bumming them out that day. And you get to, you get to help their day kind of move, move along. And uh, yeah, sharing stories with, with human beings is really the biggest driving point to it. I think. I love that perspective. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that there are times when those skills come in handy when you really don't give a shit about what they're talking about, but you pretend to. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, it's, uh, an old mentor of mine, uh, used to tell me all the time. She was like, you don't need to be in the mood. You really don't need to be in the mood to, to sit and talk and listen, but you, you have to be open enough to be receptive to, um, there, there are certain days where, you know, you are not feeling it. It is not your day to be talking to a hundred plus people and to be explaining every single cocktail and, and every single drink. But, but this is the business that we're in and we're in it for people, you know, whether or not you can put that to the side or incorporate it into your day. You know, you never, you never know when, uh, something that might have, uh, 
maybe twisted your day a little, a little off uh, than what you expected. It might resonate with someone that's sitting across the bar from you. And that might be uh, not only their moment of uh, connection with someone for that day, but it's also yours. And uh, you know, you never want to be bombarding your guests uh, with, with things going on for the day, but uh, communication and, and talking to everyone around you is, is such an integral part of what we do. Um, so yeah, it's, you, you can't help but be yourself. And if nothing else, I think bartending demands you be a little bit more honest with yourself and also with the people sitting in front of you than anything else. So it makes you, being a better bartender makes you a better person. That's yeah. something that I've always thought about. Wow. I like that. Yeah. So um, Ghostwriter is writer is very unique in that it is a bar. It's a restaurant. It's an event space. And now you also have like a little hotel situation going on. Tell us about that. Yeah. So uh, to, to kind of backtrack to what we talked about earlier, our, our owners are uh, Dennis and Denise Blankenmeyer and they're, they're fantastic. They're very hands-on. They're very receptive to uh, staff notes. And also they have a, a really good thumb on the pulse of what's happening in Johnstown at the moment. They own the the business next to us, which used to be the old Johnstown PNC Bank, which I think is also another kind of cool community tie-in, is that is now Crowworks. Uh, Crowworks is a business that makes all uh, customizable restaurant furnishings. Um, and their main facility is up in Kilbuck, Ohio, next to Millersburg. Uh, so they have major contracts um, uh, in the past and, and currently with uh, businesses like Starbucks, Shake Shack, Abercrombie and Fitch, Wendy's. So everything when you walk into Ghostwriter, ninety-five uh, percent is built by us in-house. When they uh, took the business next door as kind of like the satellite office for Crowworks, so that people didn't have to drive all the way out to uh, uh, to Killbuck every single day. Um, that was kind of the intention is uh, you don't have to go so far. And then when they saw that this used to be the old laundromat and it was available, they kind of took a peek at it. Uh, Dennis is an, is an architect by trade. So he kind of knew that the bones were still good. Uh, so they just went ahead and pulled the trigger um, because they realized that while they were outfitting so many restaurants and bars and places, locations, they didn't really have a, sh- like a showroom floor for what their design was. Like if they could really put everything that they had learned and, and worked on into a restaurant. So that's kind of ghostwriter, everything in here from the upholstery to the tables to, uh, to the kitchen lights, like uh, the electrics, um, everything in here is done by the team, which it's a really amazing point to tell people, you know, we didn't outsource for this. We didn't, you know, have to tell people measurements and and hope that it came through. We had people that were coming in every single day, taking measurements and making sure that everything was coming about the way they wanted it to. So uh, we also not only have the Crowworks office and Ghostwriter, uh, but right down the street uh, on Pratt Street in Johnstown is a really small event bar. Um, and it seats about 25 to 30 people, which is perfect for, you know, smaller gatherings, graduations, you know, maybe a, a bridal party or, or a baby shower or something along those lines. And the upstairs has uh, three Airbnb suites. And one is a much more of a master suite. It has a lounge, has a full kitchen, bathroom, you know, uh, king size bed and then there's two smaller suites that are that fit a little bit closer to what you would think of like a hotel room like a modern day hotel room um single bed you know smaller bathroom but all the the same accoutrements so it's uh it's a it's a really great selling point for us to to go hey if you if you haven't been able to come out to johnstown and sit with us and you have a, a group of people that all have been trying meaning to come out feel free come on down park 
have a great dinner and a great evening at Ghost Rider. And then don't worry about driving home because you can just walk across the across the corner and stay at the Airbnb that we have set up for you. Uh, so it's a, a little one-stop shop kind of in this one block area that we're, we're setting up here. That's just brilliant. Like everything that you just said is just so brilliant because Johnstown is a hike and, you know, we have that concern. We, we don't even have that far to drive to get to you, but we're always like, you know, very mindful of how much we drink. So uh, knowing that there's an Airbnb there that we could crash at is uh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and all of those spaces are just gorgeous. The, the way they're designed and decked out, it just looks fantastic. So. It is really beautiful. Um, we were very fortunate to be invited to the opening, the grand opening of Ghost Rider, because we we know um, Cody and Laura, Cody being, I think, the general manager and yeah, Laura is our GM, our tender there. And they, the owners were so hospitable and generous. It was a wonderful experience. And We've been back several times since then and the food and the drinks, it's just, it's just next level delicious. And I know your chef, which the, who, who is your chef there? So our chef is uh, Brett Fife. So he was the executive chef of Lindy's all through the 2010s um, for the past, I want to say eight, maybe nine years before Ghost Rider opened in 2019, he was at Lindy's. So if anybody of our listeners are familiar with Lindy's, um, it's a, a very nice restaurant in German Village here in Columbus. So Jordan, tell me about your cocktail menu. How does that process work? How do you develop your cocktails? So the the menu is a very collaborative process. Being here in Johnstown, um, we really try to emphasize quality. The team uh, is very small, especially the bar team. Um, we have three full-time bartenders, including myself, Laura being the other one of them. We all call her Carter. And then uh, Nicole, who's our AGM. Um, we kind of take the reins on the, the majority of shifts, but we also have three other bartenders that can, three to four other bartenders that can slot in at any one point in time, uh, depending on um, obviously the craziness of the world and who needs to be out any in any particular times or vacations or birthdays and things like that. But we change the menu over generally three times a year. And that'll be uh, right at the start of spring, probably right after the midway or starting point of summer. And then right bef- right in fall, right around October, um, right before it starts, the weather really starts to turn again. And then we'll do little tweaks here and there throughout the year, depending on sales and depending on what works and what doesn't. But it's, it's split up uh, reasonably uh, six and seven. There's usually seven classics that we'll have on the menu at any one point in time. And this can include uh, Old Fashions, Manhattans, uh, Aviations, Moscow Mules, uh, Vucare, you know, kind of things that uh, are classics for a reason, that they they kind of set the, the tone for a lot of uh, riffs and a lot of originals that have come since then. And then we have uh, six uh, seasonals, and that is contributed by the whole team. Barbacks included. Everyone has a say in the tasting and kind of the uh, the working out of a lot of these ideas. And we tend to try to hit some notes uh, that you would be looking for depending on the time of year. Uh, during summer, you want something that's going to be a little bit more brisk, a little bit more refreshing. Um, you know, using uh, local ingredients as many local ingredients as we can. That's that's a really big point of the kitchen is to be sourcing 
if not from Licking County, from Central Ohio, if not from Central Ohio, from Ohio. And only very specifically do they get into to a product that is outside of Ohio. So anytime uh, we hear Chef or uh, the line team talking about like cool new ideas that they're working on, we're always kind of pricking our ears up to that, to be like, what's going to work with that? Is there any part of that that we could use in our cocktail so that everything is kind of seamless and, you know, where everything's hand in hand? We really try to make it a point to not only be challenging ourselves uh, with trying new ingredients and things we've never used before, but also being conscientious of the fact that we're in Johnstown, Ohio. There's only so far you can push on certain things before uh, the ideas start getting a little a little strange uh, for being in Licking County. Um, and we're, we're very mindful of that. And we try to draw a fine line to it. But usually, you know, you have a couple refreshing cocktails, uh, a couple uh, slow and lows is what I like to call them, which is your, your old fashioned riffs or your Manhattan riffs, um, things that are a little bit more boozy, a little bit more spirit forward. But it's, it's always a really fun time because we always uh, know when the, uh, the food menu is going to be coming out probably two months in advance. So those four to five weeks leading up to the food menu coming out is when the team all sits down and meets together, uh, usually once a week, usually on Thursdays. And we just bring in a lot of either really great polished, finished ideas or a lot of raw ideas that we all get to have a say in. And we can all kind of mature the ideas together um, as a team. And some of them, there have been times where we come in and someone just goes, hey, I have an idea. And they put it down and we're like, you don't need to touch it. It is exactly what it needs to be. Everything is great. You hit all the notes. And uh, sometimes a cocktail will take up to the, you know, the week before. And we're all just like really agonizing over it. And like, do we need that much vermouth or do we need that much Amaro in like this one thing? And it always ends up working out. So it's, it's a very collaborative process, uh, which I'm, I very much enjoy. I, I really like listening to everyone else's opinions because of the varying levels of experience that we have. I love that you work with the chef because I think people should know that you know, everybody, well, people often will ask what, what wine will pair well with this dinner, but they can also ask what cocktail will pair well with this dinner. You know, people can drink cocktails with their dinner as well as wine. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Are there, are there any recipes that you've come up with personally that you're particularly proud of? Yeah. So there's, there is one in particular, I was thinking back to, uh, my time in Pittsburgh and uh, working in a lot of craft cocktail bars and when working excessively as a young bartender, you kind of find yourself, you know, being very ravenous for information and time behind the bar, uh, which, you know, pays dividends later on. Um, but I remember the first couple of years of really working craft cocktails is you, you come up with six or seven different ideas a week almost it feels like and uh, you have to filter through a lot of the ones that are that suck like the, a lot of the ones that did like, have no merit and you're like oh I just kind of really wanted to use this really weird item that no one's ever gonna ask for but there's one cocktail that has has sat on my my notepad on my iPhone for a really long time and finally came to fruition about 2019 um, and the the name of the cocktail is new American gospel. And it's something that we featured here at Ghost Rider this past summer. Um, and it's kind of a summertime Manhattan riff. It was my entry into uh, Woodford Reserve's Manhattan experience uh, mm-hmm. for 2019. And it is a, uh, it's a really straightforward concept. It's, it's uh, two ounces of uh, Woodford Reserve bourbon, uh, half an ounce of Amara Montenegro, which is a really delicious uh, bittersweet aperitivo from 
from uh, Montenegro and, and uh, Lower Italy. And uh, apricot liqueur, just a quarter ounce of apricot liqueur, and then a lemon and ginseng tea tincture that you just do a couple dashes of, and then a couple dashes of Angostura bitters as well. Have a orange peel express, and uh, we clipped it to the side just because we're cute. You stir it, you serve it in a coupe like a classic Manhattan would be. And it's, uh, it's one I'm really, really proud of because it was the first cocktail of mine that was accepted into a competition, being the Woodford Reserve uh, Manhattan experience. Um, so it was the first one that really gave me a lot of confidence in my palate as a bartender to know that I wasn't just making drinks for other bartenders or just making drinks for you know the, the greater public. It was something that you could actually sip on for a good long time. You, would, you wanted to order a second which is always like the tried and true test of whether or not a cocktail is good is uh, how much did you love it? Did you want to order another one right after that? And uh, it's just, it's a, it's a really cool uh, kind of amalgamation of all the things that I, I really enjoy. I'm a huge history nerd. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge cocktail nerd uh, and it all kind of came together all at the same time to incorporate a lot of ingredients that um, I felt were a little overlooked at the time, apricot liqueur. I've always felt like apricots and, and peaches were like the redheaded stepchildren of, of fruits. Um, like no one, no one nearly used them enough. Um, and I really wanted to, to emphasize some of that. So uh, that with, you know, that nice bitter orange and the, the complexity of the Amaro Montenegro. And then Woodford is just your catch-all as far as bourbon is concerned. It's, it's, it's specifically made to be used in any situation. So I really wanted to, to emphasize all of those, those pieces. And uh the tea tincture, I've had people at Ghostwriter ask me and get turned off by that. You can go to Kroger and get Lipton green tea and, and ginseng packets, and you just put that in a bottle of vodka, and it's the exact same thing. So it's don't, don't be afraid. Uh, we try to take as much of that uh, disparity from what we know to what the guest knows behind the bar. We'll write down recipes, and we'll make sure that people know exactly how to make them when they want to, want to at home. Did you win the Woodford so funnily enough, that year I did not, but the next year, uh, the, the Pittsburgh 2020 master of the Manhattan experience, I did win. Oh, um, so, uh, for 2020, I represented, uh, Pittsburgh as, uh, their regional champion for the, uh, national finals. So I was one of 40 in North America, uh, that competed and that included, Cuba and Puerto Rico and Canada. And that was a, a fantastic experience. Um, it was, it was really amazing. I got to not only compete in regionals the year before and get to see some amazing people compete. And, uh, a good friend of mine, Spencer was one of the judges the year that I won. Um, and he was a co-competitor the year before. Uh, so it was, it was really great, uh, to getting to, to see that community kind of come about and, uh, have my name added to the the list of regional winners. It, it was definitely a, a big moment of, of, uh, of pride to, to be like, okay, okay. I'm actually pretty good at this. I'm, I'm not just a hack. Yeah. That's very cool. We were wondering if you have any good bar stories you'd like to share. Yeah. So there's, there's one story in particular and, uh, to kind of set the scene, uh, the bar that I really cut my teeth in, uh, when it came to craft cocktails was a, Caribbean rum bar in downtown Pittsburgh. So for all my, my Pittsburghers, downtown Market Square, it was, a, it was a rum bar called Parada. And uh, it was so out of the ordinary and so out of place. It's downtown Pittsburgh, and we only carried rum. And 98% of that rum was not from America. So it was uh, constantly playing a game of no but. Um, you know, can I have, you know, a Jack and Coke? 
no, but I can get you this rum that will get you close enough that it's going to make you think that you're drinking a Jack and Coke. There was a particular night uh, in December. So it was, it was, it was holiday party season and we should have known better. We were uh, very understaffed at the time. And uh, we are about to close. We closed at midnight. I want to say on this particular night and it's about 10, maybe 10, 15. And uh, it's me, one other bartender and the bar seats 28. It seats about 30, not including people standing behind the seats. And we're about to shut down. We're about to cut the other bartender. And then we just start seeing like a bunch of people walking in front of the bar. It's, it's big open glass front. So you can see everybody walking back and forth. And the, the capacity of the building was about 110, all butts filled in seats. And I'll, it felt like 160 people walked into the bar all at the same time. It was a giant holiday party from the offices that were in the building above us. And at the time, we had a, a painkiller on the menu. The painkiller was, was built in such a way that we were shaking them, shaking each by hand, instead of using any blenders or anything like that. And there was a point in time where all of the people keep rushing in and keep rushing in. And there's only two of us. There's me and another bartender working at the time. And we're trying to fill orders and tickets are coming in and people are sitting at the tables because they can't get a spot at the bar. And it was, it was mayhem. It was absolute chaos. And uh, my floor manager at the time, I see him where my station is. I can see him walking kind of in front of me. And he walks to the front door, ta- is talking to the host, making sure everything's cool. And then he runs around, gets to the, uh, the station, uh, service station for the bar. And I... I hear him pull the ticket off of the service station machine. And I knew it was big because if you know the service stations machines, it's all like, <laughs> and this one had gone for like a minute and it didn't stop. And I was like, that's not going to be fun. Whatever that is, it's, I'm going to, well, I'll get to that when I get to that. And he pulls the ticket and he walks to the other side of the bar. It's a big, it's an open horseshoe bar. So you can usually, you can see everything that's going on around you. And he's talking to the other bartender. And I just hear her out loud go, no. I'm not doing that because she's already busy enough with everything she's, she's doing. So she he comes around to me and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he's like, all right, buddy. And I'm like, Andy, I don't want to hear it. Whatever about your, we were about to say, I don't want to hear it. And he goes, I have a ticket for 18 painkillers. <laughs> and this, and this, and, and this is, I'm, I'm too deep in front of the bar, which is saying that out loud now feels so strange. Like it's, it's been forever. I feel like since I've been too deep at any sort of bar right. um, with everything else going on, but I'm too deep at the bar. There are people hollering for me, trying to figure, I'm already making six different drinks in front of me at the same time. And he goes, I need 18 painkillers. And there's, there's, a, there's a moment in time, I feel like with every server, every bar, anyone that's worked in customer service or with a guest, where there's like a half a second before you like answer that you let every other answer that you've ever had before, like run through your brain of just like, what, what's the roulette wheel going to hit on? Like when I, when I'm done saying, and when it finally finished and I processed everything, I was just like, give me five minutes. Like, I'm going to need you to like talk to these people in front of me to let them know I'm going to get, get it done, but give me five minutes. And I'll tell you, I have never sweat so much in a five (laughs) minute period than to, to be, trying to double shake double built painkillers over and over and over and over and over. And uh, the funny, the funniest part about the whole story is that the people, the too deep bar in front of me that is all trying to get my attention is, and is vividly watching me make all of these painkillers and I'm shaking my ass off and I'm sweating. And uh, 
those were the people that the painkillers were for. <laughs> so some, someone had gone to the other bar, like the other side of the bar and ordered, I want 18 painkillers for all my friends. And all their friends were trying to order with me to get more painkillers. <laughs> so by the, so by the time I paused everyone, I made all the painkillers and they're like, Oh, why is it taking so long? All those painkillers went to all those people. <laughs> and I was like, that's what I was doing. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm trying to make drinks. <laughs> and was your coworker like, oh, I'm so glad I said no. <laughs> so glad. So glad. It's, a, it was, it was a, it was an amazing bar. Parado was an, it was an amazing bar to work at. Um, uh, and when I joined the team initially, you know, a year and a half before that, it was, uh, it was, it was stacked. It was, we had three blenders at every station we were, you know, had three bartenders on and a bar back. And it was, we were, we were kicking ass. We were, we were really rocking out some really, really cool ideas and a, re- a lot of really cool concepts. So it was, uh, it was definitely that perfect, like ass in the flames, like get fed to the wolves kind of situation. But that's kind of always been my, my story when it comes to bartending is, uh, you know, I fall ass backwards into really great situations and I make the best out of it, which I, I feel like is what everyone does. If you, if you don't, then you know, you can, you get left behind. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. So um, tell our listeners, Jordan, where they can find Ghostwriter Public House. So you can find Ghostwriter Public House either on Facebook, Ghostwriter Public House, uh, Johnstown, Ohio, if you're having a, a little more trouble uh, finding the exact location, uh, as well as Instagram, Ghostwriter PH ghostwriter public house it'll show up we also have stay at ghostwriter which is going to be the, which is the airbnb uh, and the event stays attached to that most of our posts on facebook for ghostwriter that uh supports or promotes the uh, the airbnb side of it all will always have the event coordinator michaela wood's email attached to it um it's michaela.wood at ghostwriterph.com for all of their info and what are your hours and do you have a happy hour we do not have a happy hour. Um, instead of a instead of a happy hour, we give offerings of uh, either full size pints or half size pints, from lunch, brunch, dinner, all of that. So you can kind of make your own uh, little tasting or little beer flight if you would like. Instead of offering a happy hour, as far as hours are concerned, we will be reopening Wednesday, January the nineteenth, uh, and it's Wednesday through Sunday for dinner starting at four o'clock, and then there is a lunch on Friday from eleven to two. And then there's a brunch on Saturday and Sunday, 11 to 2. We're closed from 2 to 4 uh, because that's the point in time where we start uh, heating up the wood oven. So all, all wood-flamed uh, product coming out. Awesome. Wonderful. That's great. Well, listeners, get to Ghostwriter Public House in Johnstown, Ohio. You will not be disappointed by the cocktails or the food It's a, or the decor. It's a beautiful, fabulous space. And... Um, We hope you get there. And Jordan Phillips, thank you so much for being our guest. We really appreciate it. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you very much. So stay well and we'll see you soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You guys as well. Cheers. Cheers. Listeners, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Seabus Craft Cocktail Tour. Visit our website at columbuscraftcocktailtour.com for cocktail tour dates women and whiskey tastings, special events, merchandise. And if you're looking for a gift for that special person in your life, get them a gift card to our cocktail tour. Thank you to the biographer for our original music. And please remember to drink responsibly and be cocktail curious. Cheers.
This has been a Last Call Productions production.